Welcome to the Vineyard Cincinnati podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast. People must know. People must know. We must know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the only reason we are here. You're not here tonight to see me in my new hot red sweater, (laughs) but it does look good. You're not here to see me in my nice black jeans. They're not skinny jeans, but you're not here to see that. Although they do look good. We're here for one reason and one reason only, to celebrate Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. Amen. But it's so easy to forget, isn't it? Like with all the stuff, the hustle, the bustle, all the stuff, the songs, it's all fun stuff, the gifts, so easy to lose Jesus in the midst of the stuff. Evangelist and speaker Louis Palau tells a story about a very wealthy European family who had their first son. And after the son was born, at his first birthday, they decided to throw a gala event, a a party for the ages, so that all would celebrate their newborn baby, their first year old baby. And they invited all the dignitaries of their country, and everyone showed up dressed to the nines in the best outfits, mink coats, dresses, black tie affair. And they were royally entertained. And when it came time to bring the baby out to celebrate the baby, they couldn't find the baby. And the governess was running all over the house frantically saying, I can't find the baby. I don't know where the baby is. And all these dignitaries, in a very undignified way, began to frantically search for the baby. They'd lost the point of the party. And finally, one person said, I recall seeing a baby on a bed in one of the many rooms of the mansion. And sure enough, they found the baby buried beneath a pile of coats, peacefully sleeping. This could have gone dark. This story could have really gone dark. (laughs) Peacefully sleeping. And Louise Plow makes the point. They had a party for the baby and they didn't even know where the baby was. Do we as Christ followers, do we as people have Christmas celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Savior who is Lord? Do we lose him in the midst of the season? Do we misplace Jesus under a pile of traditions, a pile of stuff? Nothing wrong with the traditions, nothing wrong with the stuff, but do we misplace Jesus? And we can't. See, here's the deal. The purpose of Christmas, the only purpose of Christmas is the person of Jesus. It can be for no other reason. And I know the gifts are fun and the parties are fun, but if Jesus didn't come and live and die and rise again, what is the point? We've been asking all month around here, what consumes you? 
And what are you consuming? What are we consumed with and what are we consuming? Because what consumes us controls us. And what we're consuming changes us. In other words, if we're consumed with fear, anger, hatred, stress, then we're going to be controlled by fear, anger, hatred, and stress. If we're consuming stuff, parties, approval, for appro- uh, consuming all these things that aren't bad necessarily, but if we're consuming those, those are the things that will change us rather than being consumed with and consuming Jesus and letting him control our lives and him change us. This whole month, we've been looking at the four candles of Advent. And the four candles of Advent represent love, joy, peace, and hope. And the whole idea of the four candles is to recognize that not only did Jesus bring hope, he is hope. Not only did Jesus bring peace, he is peace. Not only did he bring joy, he is joy. Not only did he bring love, he is love incarnate. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. The story of Jesus, all of it, the whole story, his life, his death, God becoming man, God in a bod, so we can know him and relate to him, so he can come save us from our sin, his life, his death, and then his resurrection, setting us free from our sin. The whole story is the story that changes our story. Jesus' story changes our story. Matter of fact, his story changed and changes all of history. We've re We've renamed the calendar or reset the calendar around Jesus' birth. That's how impactful he was. We cannot forget to be consumed by and consume Jesus this Christmas. What's consuming you? What are you consumed by? What I want us to be consumed by is the the gospel found in the story of Luke that Raul referenced earlier. That when, when the angel of the Lord visited those shepherds on that silent night holy night, 2,000 years ago. And I think it's interesting to point out that God had gone silent from his people for over 400 years. There had been no prophets, no, no biblical speaking to his people for 400 years. He was allowing us as a people to see how dark it was and how in need of a savior we were. And the first people God sends his messengers to are the lowest of the low, the bottom of the barrel in culture, the shepherds. These were the nobodies of culture. And isn't it just like God to go to them first? And this is what the angel Lord said to him on that amazing night. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. One of the most profound verses in all, all the scriptures profound, but this is the gospel in a nutshell. The good news. It is so powerful and so impactful that Charles Schultz, when he wrote the Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas special, when Linus quoted this verse, this, remember that when he quoted the verse? It's the only time in Linus's entire history 
that he drops his security blanket. Charles Schultz was letting us know that when he talked about Jesus, there's only one place to find security, and it's in the person of Jesus. And he invites us to drop our security blankets and hold on to Jesus with all that we are. I love the angel's message. It's a message for 2021. Fear not. Now, why does he say fear not? I mean, all the times the angels visit people, they say fear not. It's probably, first and foremost, because it's an angel visiting a human. That'd be pretty shocking. But in this case, he's saying fear not. You don't need to be afraid anymore. See, see, life for them in those days was really hard. We think we've got it hard. It was hard. Romans were oppressing them. The, the, the Jews, the people of God, were nobodies. They were the rejects of society. And he says, fear not. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Why? And he says, behold. That word behold means hold firmly to what I'm about to say and never let go of it. I bring you good news of Great joy. Now, you just need to know this. Anytime an emperor had a son, the messengers would go through the streets of the Roman Empire shouting, we bring you good news of great joy. The son of the emperor has been born. God has got a twinkle in his eye when he does this. He's letting the whole world know these human emperors think they're all that. And they think their sons are special. They got nothing on my boy. Because I'm sending the emperor of all emperors to set you free. And, and, and when, when they would declare the messenger of a newborn emperor's son, the people would groan because that would mean more taxes. It would mean more oppression. Another human tyrannical leader and God saying, I'm sending my son to show you I'm not a tyrant. I'm a God of love and power and grace. And luckily for you, Jesus is saying, I sent him humbly this time, humbly in a manger, quietly to let us know him and see him. Next time he won't come so humbly. And it begs the question, are we ready? And the message he gives, a savior has been born, Christ the Lord. There's one reason and one reason only we celebrate Christmas, Jesus by the way, I love the name Jesus, don't you? Yes. When we say God, God, God's our father, but when people say God, they use God in lots of different ways while they're driving. <laughs> You're number one. That's a bad joke. <laughs> but Jesus, when you say the name Jesus, yeah. the temperature in the room changes. It takes our breath away. It warms our hearts. It scares us. Because we know at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Whether you choose to or not, that day will come. And he invites you to choose that day today. There's three reasons we celebrate Christmas. Number one, to remember that Jesus is a reality, not just an idea or a belief. He's not just an idea. He's not just a set of beliefs. He's a reality, a real person who really lived, really died, and really rose. We also celebrate Christmas to remember if he's a reality, he's a real person who rose, then his love for us is real. It's an amazing, immense love. And thirdly, by remembering his story, his life, his death, his resurrection, it makes more sense of our story. Let me unpack the first one. Jesus is a reality. He really lived. He really lived. And he really died. 
proclaimed to be the Messiah, and he really rose. There's more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than just about anything. It's the evidence of Jesus' resurrection. And you're sitting here thinking to yourself, I thought this was Christmas, not Easter. Well, we want to make sure if you're here just for Christmas or Easter, we cover you for both. <laughs> I love my creasters or my cheesters. Start coming in January. Join us. But, but, but Jesus was a real man who really lived, really died, and really rose. And the evidence of the resurrection is what turned me from an atheist to become a follower of Jesus. There's so much evidence. But there's something else about Jesus that's staggering, evidence about Jesus. Did you know there's over 300 prophecies in the Bible, in the Old Testament? The Old Testament's the book before the New Testament, the one before Jesus came. And prophecies are foretellings. There's over 300 prophetic words about Jesus written or spoken some 400 to 1,000 years before Jesus was born. And Jesus fulfilled every one of them. That's staggering. Every one of them were fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Scientist and mathematician Dr. Peter Stone gives us a perspective on what 300 prophecies fulfilled by one person would mean. He said, imagine the odds of Jesus just filling eight, just eight of the 300, is one in 10 to the 17th power. That's a crudload of zeros. Now, I'm no math guy, but I know that's a big number. One in 10 to the 70 pound. Now, if you're, not, if you're not tracking with that, let me give you a perspective that he gives. If I said you're gonna win $100, I'm gonna put a, a 10 names in a hat, you got a one in 10 chance to win $100. You actually don't feel that great about your odds, do you? And that's just one in 10. But Jesus fulfilling just eight, not all 300, just eight. One in 10 to the 17th power. The mathematician Peter Stone says, this is what that would be like. The odds of that would be if you filled the state of Texas two feet high with silver dollars and you took one silver dollar and put a red X on it and flew over the state of Texas in a high-powered jet and threw it out the window and it landed in the silver dollars and then we blindfolded Raul and had him wade into the silver dollars of the entire state of Texas and pick up one silver dollar and it was the one with the X on it. That's the odds of one in 10 to the 17th power. Jesus fulfilled 300. I can't imagine what nth power that would be. Jesus is a reality who really lived, really died, really rose again, and therefore he really loves you and me. The story of Christmas, the story of Easter is a reminder. You don't know how much I love you. I know your brokenness, I know your shame, I know your fears, I know what you did last night, I know what you did this morning, I know your thoughts right now, you're thinking Matt's ugly, I know the thoughts, I read your mind, I know them all, I know all your thoughts, and I still love you, I want you to have a relationship with me. And then lastly, understanding his story, his life, his death, his resurrection, his amazing love for us, helps make sense of our story. The pain of his story, the frustration of his story, him laying down his life for us makes sense of our story. You know, you know the Christmas story. How many of you guys love the Christmas story? I mean, you got, I mean, you, you got Joseph and Mary fleeing or, or getting to, 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 first of all, Mary's pregnant out of wedlock and Joseph loves her anyway because an angel of the Lord said and then an angel talks to Joseph and they get to the, the cave and there's no room in the inn and they have the baby around dung and sheep and goats and 
right? Soot-covered walls, and then the shepherds show up, and then the, the wise men show up, and then they have to flee to Egypt because there's word out that Herod's gonna kill all the people. It's an amazing story. That when we understand it, it helps make sense of our story. What if I told you there's a part of the Christmas story that most of you have never heard? There's a part of the Christmas story most of you have never heard, and when you hear it, it makes even more sense of our story right now, the hardship we're going through right now and how much we need Jesus. is found in Revelation chapter 12. Turn to your friend and say, oh no, he's talking about Revelation. Please don't talk about Revelation <laughs> on Christmas Eve. I know, Revelation is a crazy book, right? Like, I know, I get it. It's that book like, like with dragons and horns and all that stuff. It's that book that, written by John the Apostle who gives us a picture of how after Jesus rose, we get a, a word called revelation that says Jesus is coming back. He's won. He's victorious. The next time he comes back, he's not going to ride on a donkey. He's going to ride on a white horse and kick butt and take names. Are you ready? People must know. And right in the middle of this book, Revelation chapter 12, we get a glimpse from heaven of what was going on during the night of Jesus' birth. Most of you don't know this. Check this out. This is crazy. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. That's Mary on Christmas night. And there was another great sign, a dragon. That's Satan. I know it sounds crazy, but spiritual warfare is real. If Jesus rose from the dead, it's real. A dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, that's Jesus, a male child who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. That night, silent night, holy night, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels, that's, Gabe, that's Michael the archangel, and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and they fought back. But he was not strong enough. The jack, dragon was not. And they lost their place in heaven. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. That's us. Those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. See, this, this, this understanding of what happened at Christmas night helps us understand that when we were all born into this world, there's a war going on. There's a war for your hearts and my heart. The enemy is out to take us out. You're looking at me right now going, this might be one of the darkest Christmas Eve services I've ever heard. No, no, it's not dark. In this story, there's hope. Why? Because Jesus overcame the world for you and for me. Jesus, we remember Christmas to remember he lived, he died, he rose again to set us free. There's hope in the midst of the chaos. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, wrote this profoundly in the second chapter called The Invasion. He said, one of the things that surprised me when I first read the New Testament seriously was that it talked so much about a dark power in the universe, a mighty evil spirit who is held to be the power behind death, disease, and sin. Christians, people must know the universe is at war. Friends, when Jesus came to earth, heaven invaded earth. When God sent his son to the earth, it was God drawing a line in the sand to the enemy and saying, 
not in my house. You can't have my kids. They're mine. But understanding this brokenness, this spiritual warfare helps us understand the brokenness in the world. Sex trafficking, depression, murder, school shootings, COVID, hatred, fruitcake, and politicians. It helps understand all of it. <laughs> On that night, 2,000 years ago, God sent a message to us, fear not. You don't need to be afraid anymore. Behold, hold firmly to the truth, the good news of great joy. A Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. This Christmas, I challenge you, I encourage you, be consumed with Jesus and consume Jesus so that you might know life and life abundantly. Would you stand with me? We're gonna sing Silent Night, Holy Night. As we do so, reflect on this thought that you are deeply loved and he wants you to be consumed with him and consume him so you have life. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.